0: episode two of details of life with marcus wilson thank you guys for tuning in again and thank you all who tuned in for my first episode with calbert cheney if you did not watch it you need to go back and watch that share some great stories with the big Ten's all all-time leading scorer iu great evansville legend uh just an all-around solid guy share some great stories about times with jordan steph curry and his recruitment and playing for bobby knight so you really need to go check that out but today we're going to have a little bit of a different type of format not just one topic. First, we're going to dive in with the number one point guard in the 2021 class, Christian Lander. We're going to get into that a little bit. Second topic, you know, many of you know I graduated from University of Evansville and recently uh, been going through a little bit of turmoil. Uh, released the coach Walt McCarty and I really haven't given much of my opinion. A lot of people have been texting me and calling and asking what I think and I really held my tongue. But today... I'm not gonna hold my tongue. I'm gonna give you guys what I what I think about that whole situation. And then lastly, obviously the news of the week just devastated us all. Um, the passing of Kobe Bryant and give you my thoughts on that. But first, like I said, we're gonna bring on Christian Lander and man guys, the kid can flat out play. You don't become the number one point guard in the class, uh, being a scrub. And so it's awesome that the city of Evansville has a kid that can really hoop this way and putting Evansville on the map. You know, I talked to Calvert Cheney, many of you know uh like I said it was on my last guest and Calvert said that Christian Lander is the best player to ever come out of Evansville. That says a lot, considering that Evansville's had some really good talent uh come out over the years. And so, you know, you can see by some of these buckets that he's getting in this in this highlight film that he can do a little bit of everything. He's shifty, uh can probably play the combo. uh you know, he's he's ranked as a point guard, but super athletic, super shifty, can score in bunches, but really prefers to pass first. And so, you know, that's probably why he's the number one point guard. He has a multifaceted game to him, has a lot of schools, big-time schools recruiting him, Michigan, IU, Louisville. Uh, you know, we got into some of that. So without further ado, let's tune in and hear what Christian Lander has to say. All right, all right. So uh, we're here right now. Uh, my next guest on the Details of Life is uh, Christian Lander, uh, number 12 ranked player in the 2021 class. Number one point guard, that is. man. How you doing, Christian? Good, how are you? Appreciate it, man. So you're from Evansville, man. Tell us, you know, some people probably want to know a little bit more about you. Who's been some of the biggest influences on you, like, as a young man? Like, coming up, uh, where do you go to when you seek advice? Um, And Who kind of has helped shape you who you are?
1: Um, Mainly my my parents, um, my grandparents, and uh probably my I, I call him my brother but he's pretty much my brother that, uh, when you talked to earlier uh okay. there's calling given so
0: that's the main one I talk to okay um so you know being the 12th ranked player in the country that don't that don't happen by accident right so when did you know what does a normal day for you look like like what's your workout schedule
1: um i say i work out i say i probably lift two to three times a week um and i probably, i hoop every day um i probably i wake up i usually some like two or three times a week i go in the morning and play basketball and then i go to school and then i practice after school and then depending on the day
0: i go work out lifting or basketball just depending on the day so you work out before school and after school sometimes yeah. all right all right, all right. so see everybody out there it don't just happen by accident you don't just wake up and start being nice you know it takes a lot of work so um so over the summer man like I know you played with a really high level team you played with uh, Indiana elite what was that experience like playing on the gauntlet? It was a really good
1: experience. Um, I had a pretty pretty good team in my opinion. Um, I had I had two Indiana commits on that team Trey Galloway Anthony Leo mm-hmm. and then we had a couple other pieces that was really that played really nice together. Okay, okay.
0: So did you play against any guys that you felt like, man, this dude is hella good, or like somebody that really gained your respect, like, man, this this dude is nice? Um, I'd say
1: most of the point guards that I played against that I thought that was nice was probably mainly at the Elite 100 camps and USA camps. There was like, there was good guards on the gauntlet, but there wasn't
0: like any like
1: spectacular ones. Right,
0: right. So when you, uh. I know some guys try to pair up in anything. Do you have any close friends out there that's maybe uh, on other AAU teams, or that you con- that you stay in contact with, or anything that you might want to go hoop with, or you you haven't really thought like like that? No, not really. It's no. just yeah. I mean, I think that's better, man. So, um, so what's the, your recruiting process been like, man? Like, uh, you know, what 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 offers have you gotten? Have you taken any visits? Um, yeah, or any school that or coaches that have stood out so far?
1: I'm taking a a lot of unofficial visits just to see what it feels like when it's not an official. Like, so like unofficial they what they don't do like a whole bunch for you. They're just right. like showing you stuff. So I took a lot of I take a lot of unofficial visits, but recently I took
0: three uh, official visits to IU, Louisville, Michigan. Oh man. Um. So, but you get five. So have you thought about who those other two might be yet?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I think my next one would probably be most likely be Memphis. Okay.
0: Okay. You know, Penny obviously is a good coach. He did a good job with Bluff City, with the AU squad and Nike and um, and everything like that. So, man, when you're looking, you know, I know there's people that's probably interested in what your decision making is like. So, I know when I was in school, I wanted to go to a place. I didn't know if I was going to be a pro, so I wanted to go to a place that had good academics. Um, I wanted some place that was close to home, but not too close to home because I didn't want my parents just swooping up on me anytime, right? So... Um, I wanted to have a good relationship with the coach. So, what are some things that you're looking for when you're making your decision? Um, obviously, not any school in particular, but what are some of the lists when you'd be like, okay, I like this, 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 and this?
1: Um, seeing who I'll be playing with, um, with as far as basketball, I do like what type of offense they run, how they run it, and then my relationship with the coach has to be pretty, really, pretty strong. Come and be with them every single day. Yeah. So, yeah. that, and then the academics as well, that's a big, big really big part. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean I think nowadays relationships with the coach is so because you see guys like Dame Lillard who went to well Weber State. Uh you see guys that come out of Murray State, you know, uh John Morant where you don't have to go to Indiana or Duke anymore. You go to a school where the coach lets you get loose and you know, especially a kid like with your athleticism, uh, man, you can go sky's the limit, man. So uh so when do you I know typically guys make their decision around, you know, after their after this final AAU season, you got this upcoming AAU season. Uh are you looking to play this AAU season out, assess some things and then probably make a decision around this time next year? Yeah, most likely. That's probably about the time. Okay, okay. And then what's your what's your end goal like there? Like do you I mean you seem like a, a really well spoken, smart, intelligent kid. If you Decided not to play basketball, I feel like you would be successful. I know you got a good support group around you, you know, but is, is that your end goal? Like, do you want to get to the league? For
1: sure. I feel like I can. I feel like I will, too.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's dream for a second, because I, I I think, you know, I, like I said, I do research on my people, and everybody tells me, man, the talent level is there, the mind is there, the support group is there. So, let's dream for a second. Let's say you're a first-round draft pick. Three years, $12 million. What's the first thing you're doing with that $12 million?
1: Buy my family a house for sure. Okay, okay.
0: What's the second purchase?
1: Me house, and then, <laughs> and then making sure everybody's good first, and then I'll do whatever I need to do like
0: for myself. Hey, hey, people out there listening, coaches out there listening, that 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 says a lot right there. What the his, he put himself second, and I think that's probably a good reason why he's a good point guard. Because um, point guards have to look out for the betterment of their team and for others, and then look out for themselves. So the first thing he said was to look out for others and his people, and then you know what I'm saying Michael, I'm floss a little bit on himself, but yeah. that's good, right? Right? So man, let's end with something I call uh, the details of life Q&A, right? So I'm gonna fire some some quick answers, some quick questions off to you, and then you just you just answer, right? So, Call of Duty, Fortnite, or Apex? Call of Duty. J Cole or Drake? J Cole. You watch more college or NBA basketball? College. If you, was, if you was about to go out to eat, you want a burger or pizza? Burger. Dane Dollar or Westbrook? Dane. Okay. Jordan. And who's the top five players in NBA history? Who? I'm not saying, you ain't got to say number one, two, three, just the top what? five. Um.
1: Michael Jordan. Okay. LeBron. Okay. Kobe. Ooh. Okay. Um... Ooh, that's tough. Three. Um, I'd say I put Magic Johnson in there. Okay. And then, um, I gotta put Allen Iverson in there. Ooh, so Allen Iverson!
0: I got to. Okay. got to. So my top five. We we got some of the similar ones. My top five is in no particular order: Jordan, LeBron, Magic, Kareem. Will Chamberlain, and then probably Bill Russell because he got all the rings. But because I value winning. But, oh, all right, all right. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time for me. Man, good luck to you for the rest of the season. Thank you. And man, the sky's the limit for you. Christian Lander, right here, future superstar, current star, and keep keep a lookout for his name. All right, peace. Shout out to Christian Lander for coming on the broadcast. You know. Best of luck to that kid. You know, he's a really super talented kid, and I'm sure he's going to be successful wherever he decides to go. So good luck for the rest of the season, the AAU summer season, and wherever he lands in college. I think he's going to be a star wherever he goes, has the potential to go to the NBA. And so continue playing hard. It's good to see a good you know, a, a good young kid, you know, humble, hungry, well-spoken. And so, man, you got a fan of me right here. So continue to rep Evansville, and, you know, we, we rooting for you. Speaking of Evansville. Like I said, we're going to transition to another topic. Many of you know I played for the University of Evansville, so there's been some things going on there that have obviously I've been keeping a close eye on, and many people have been asking my opinion about it, and I just decided that, you know, it wasn't time. But now, you know, now that they've kind of made a decision, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my opinion. So for those of you who don't know, you know, a lot of you heard about Evansville the, earlier this year going to the University of Kentucky and knocking off the number one ranked Wildcats Kentucky Wildcats and Rupp Arena, Arena, which really, you know, elevated Evansville and put us on the map. And unfortunately, some things happened after that, that, you know, after we were kind of on the map, that really also magnified when uh, they suspended our head coach, Walter McCarty, and um, just recently made the decision to terminate him. And uh, and although the details haven't been released, and I'm not here to judge anyone, I am going to give a little comment about, you know, the whole process from the beginning. So I got to take you guys back um back when uh before last year so it was going into the 18-19 season and the university was going through a coaching search right and so in that coaching search they had got narrowed down to about three coaches calbert chaney david raglan walter mccarty and i knew two out of the three so um before that actually you know, I'm not gonna, you know, drop any names, but there were some people, some prominent people at the University of Evansville who called me and was like, "Hey, Marcus, you know, would would you be willing to come back here and coach? You know, it might be an opportunity. Uh, is that something you'd be interested in?" And I was over here minding my own business in St. Louis, running a YMCA in, um, in a really challenging community, but was making some su- having some success and making some strides in some of the uh, goals and visions that we had had for that community, and so coaching uh, going back to coaching division one basketball was one of the last things on my mind but you know it was like uh 20 years ago to that at that time um uh, was the last time university of Evansville went to the NCAA, NCAA tournament that was my senior year so from 98 to 99 and then all of a sudden in 2018 2019 I'm getting calls like would you be interested and uh, no, no, no specific job offers but just you know, people around the program. And so, you know, I started thinking like, you know, I don't really want to coach, but you know, this is kind of a great opportunity. It's almost like too good to be true. Like 20 years to the year that we went to the tournament and won the Missouri Valley conference, the only Missouri Valley conference championship, uh, the university of Evansville has had, uh, since joining the conference, uh, having an opportunity to go back there and possibly coach and try to lead them back to the tournament. I started thinking like, man, maybe this is something I should, I should consider. Then, when they narrowed it down to three and two out of the three, Calvert and David Ragland both called me before going into the interviews and said, you know, if they offer me the job, Marcus, I want you to come on the staff with me, which was very, you know, humbling. And I know those guys, right? Like I know if I ever went back to coaching, it would have to be with somebody I know and respected, And I know and respect those guys. I know them. I know their families. I know what they're about. And so it wouldn't have been a hard transition when you want to go work with people you like. And those are two guys that I consider my friends. And so um, I told him, yeah, if you get the job, I- I- I'll roll with you. Well, we all know neither one of them got the job, right? Uh, Coach Walter McCarty got the job. And so at that time, um, I wanted to reach out and talk to Walt, um, say a couple of things. I really had my whole speech planned out. It was only going to be about a four or five minute speech. And I'll tell you what I was going to say. But, um, what happened, what happened then kind of set the tone, at least for what I thought. You know how things were might turn out, and so what I mean by that is he gets the job, and um, I immediately call. You know, I got his number and I called, um, no answer. Obviously, then I I call again a couple days later, no answer. Shoot a text, hey coach, man, you know, it's Marcus Wilson, played there, would love to catch up with you. No reply, text again, no reply. So I'm like, man, what's going on? So I talked to one of my friends that I knew was um, going to be seeing him. He's a, you know, uh, kind of prominent guy at Evansville, in the city of Evansville, and I knew he would be running into him. So I was like, you know, I've been trying to get in touch with Walt just to kind of give him a little support and whatever, and uh, having heard back, he was like, all right, when I see him, I'll say something to him. So sure enough, he ran into him a few days later and said, hey, you know, they was at a fundraiser, and he was like, hey, Walt, you know, my boy Marcus Wilson, uh, you know, played at Evansville. Um, said he's been trying to reach out to you, called you and texted you a few times, and uh, he hasn't heard back. And Walt's reply was, man, you see my phone right here? I got 92 missed calls and 168 text messages. I ain't got time to get back with everybody. Okay. And so right then, for me, like, it wasn't even about um, the fact that, you know, he wasn't getting back uh, with what he said. To me, that was kind of set the precedent because, you know, like, I, you know, I try to be as humble, uh, uh, of a guy and, and down to earth as possible, but in this situation, right? Like the fact of the matter is the last time this university went to the NCAA tournament was our team. When I say our team, it wasn't just me. It was me. It was Kurt Bagley. It was Clint Keon. It was Adam Seitz. It was all these guys, Chuck Hetty, uh, Kwame James, guys that it was an awesome team, right? We won the Valley by two games, um, And the the last time they had a conference player of the year and the only time they've had a conference player of the year was when I played. Right. And so um, all I really wanted to do was call and say two things. Like I said, I had my speech already planned out. I was going to say, look, congratulations on getting the job, coach. Anything you need, you let me know anything. You need me to uh, 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 if you're interested in me being on the staff, we could talk about that. Um, if you need help recruiting St. Louis, because I got some connections here in St. Louis and I got some in Atlanta and I got some in other places I've been, you let me know and I'll be out there recruiting for you. Um, if you just need me to drive to Evansville, which is about a three-hour drive for me, if you need me to drive to Evansville and talk to a recruit for 20 minutes and tell them how uh, Evansville prepared me for life, uh, I've been able to have some success in, in the business world and played 12 years pro and kind of developed me as a man. And so, I would drive three hours there and back just to talk to a kid for 20 minutes if you thought that it would if you think that it would help you get a, a a player here for the Aces, because at the end of the day, I just want this university to be successful, and I want this team to be successful. So that's number one, and number two is, man, just re, just recognize that you have an awesome responsibility, an awesome chance, an opportunity ahead of you. You're the first black coach in the history of Evansville history, right? in the history of Evansville basketball. Whether it's fair or not, you're going to kind of be the litmus test, right? So um, if if guys are graduating and you're winning and, and guys are doing great work in the community and things like that, you know, you have an opportunity to open doors for other people possibly here, but even across the valley and other places who have never had a black coach. If you don't, if our, our guys aren't graduating, if they're not doing community service, if they're getting in trouble off the court and stuff, that's going to be a reflection of you, right? And so take that responsibility seriously because there's people out there that's fighting right now, guys like David Ragland, guys like other guys who can't wait for the opportunity to become a head coach and you might have opportunity to open up those doors. And so one thing that my parents taught me and that uh, Coach Cruz taught me, and me and Coach Cruz didn't always see eye to eye on everything, but there were some valuable lessons that he did teach me, and this is one, and my parents told me the same thing is respect – what came before you respect the people that came before you any of you guys that saw me doing my color commentating the game when I uh interviewed Larry Humes like I was in awe one of the reasons why is because I had such great respect for who he was and the fact that he came before me right like I I I studied you know I studied him when I went to University of Evansville I knew his stats and I knew what he was about I knew the championships he won and so uh people like that deserve my respect and whether it's my parents, my grandparents, people that made sacrifices for me to be where I'm at, or guys at University of Evansville, Andy Elkins, Reed Jackson, Scott Schreffler, Larry Humes, uh, uh, Don Boozy, Jerry Sloan, the list goes on. Those guys, I wouldn't be where I was at and the University of Evansville basketball program, wouldn't be where it was at without guys like them, right? And so let me take you to, like I said, I'm, I'm running a Y here in St. Louis, and the Y that I run is one of the oldest African-American Ys in the country. And so when I got the job back in May of 2016, um, there were people that were calling, texting, wanting to come meet me. Now, obviously, we all know when we get a new job and there's donors and there's highly influential people, we got to meet with them. But I'm talking like old ladies who's never given a dime to the Y, but they've been going there for 30 years, and they just want to come in and, and meet me. They would to come in and say, hey, I've been coming to this Y for uh, uh, 30 years. Nice to meet you. Some people coming in and rambling 30-minute stories that I really, to be quite honest, uh, wasn't that interested in hearing. But I sat there and sat through them. You know why? Because I wouldn't have myself in the seat that I'm in now if it wasn't for the people like them coming to the Y over the years, sacrificing, possibly giving $2, $10, $100 to help the programs continue serving the community. And so I have a great respect for people like that. And I'm not, and I I knew that I had to take every one of those meetings. Right. Therefore it kind of troubled me from the beginning that the response was, see all these missed calls, see all these missed texts. I can't get back with everybody. Again, I want to be as humble as possible, but I just don't think that I'm just anybody in the program. You know, like I've won championships there. Um, I gave blood, sweat and tears. You know, uh, I had uh, shoulder surgery there. I had concussions there. You know, I worked my butt off there. I did things. I sacrificed time for myself, for my teammates there. We won championships there. My jersey's hanging in the rafters there. I'm not just anybody. I at least deserve a text back to say. Hey, man, it's really hectic right now. I get back with you in two weeks although that might not have been what I wanted to hear, I could have took that and understood like, man, I know he's got a lot going on, got to meet donors, got to get a coach and staff and all this stuff. But to just kind of blow me off, let me know that he might not respect the culture of the University of Evansville because the culture of Evansville that I know, you respect the people that came before you. I'm not even talking about guys who got their jersey hung in the rafter. I'm talking about, the guys who just competed for four years and graduated and turned out to be great men and husbands in society because that's what University of Evans was known for is producing great people. Might not have the most uh, NBA athletes or anything like that. We might not have won every year, but the guys were out there graduating. They were out there in the community doing good things and they turned out to be valuable uh, contributors to our society. And so, you know, I just felt like from the beginning that everybody I think wanted to see a a change in style of play and that's fine. Nothing against coach Simmons. You know, they were just coach Simmons can uh, coach his butt off. And I'm a big fan of coach Simmons, but I think that the people were saying, Hey, you know, we want something a little different, change of pace, whatever. So you, you know, the university made that decision. I've been fired before he's been fired before. Okay. It is what it is. We we're going to change the style of play. It wasn't time to change the culture because the culture was right. The culture was right. Respect the people that came before you graduate players, do work in the community, you know, and the fact that somebody uh, I felt like wasn't respecting the details of what that was. And so once that happened, I still support it. I still support. I didn't take that personal. I mean, I did a little bit, but I wasn't going to let that affect the bigger goal. The bigger goal was still making sure That this brother, Walter McCarty And the team was successful So you can ask anybody that uh, When I go back to Evansville If you ever run into uh, the athletic director I tell him all the time You need me to do anything You need me to show up for a press conference You need me to come talk to a recruit You need me to talk to a player that's struggling Call me, I'll be on the road Three hours there for a ten minute conversation If that's what it needs Because I want my university and my alma mater to be successful And I would do what it takes to do that Um, So you know, I, I just felt a, a certain way about that, and so when somebody don't respect the details and don't respect what came before them, things like this happen, right And so again, I'm not again if 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 people are friends of Walt or he's actually watching, I'm not here to talk about the allegations. I don't even know what happened. I don't I almost don't even really want to know. I know the university came to a conclusion a uh, con- conclusion to uh separate, okay. Uh so I'm not getting into the actual details of that. What I am saying is from the beginning, the fact that I uh that I, I don't feel like there was a respect for the people that came before him, um, quite possibly could have led to um some of the, the situation we're in now. So that's all I got to say about that. Hopefully I don't hurt too many feelings with that, but um I'm passionate about my university, I'm passionate about my teammates that gave up blood, sweat and tears with me. I'm, not, I mean, I'm talking about the guys that didn't even play that much. I still talk to these guys. Walk-ons, Rex Simmermaker, anybody that came through the program and gave that time and blood, sweat, and tears, I respect. And so um, that's probably why you see me talk a little bit raw right now, which leads me to my next topic, uh, the one that's been all over the news. And this has been devastating, and uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I think one of the reasons that made me a, a decent leader um, uh, is my ability to to feel and show emotions. A lot of men, in particular, and I can speak for black men because I'm a black man. Like, try not to show emotions. Like, that's a weakness, and I, I just don't believe that. Now, yeah, I'm not a big crier, or, you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, I I I don't. I always know that I can tell somebody I love them. Um, I can recognize when people are hurting, and I'm just. I, I, and so, this whole situation really messed me up for a little while. Um, I think, I think for me, the reason why it stood out and why it's been so hurtful is number one, he's 42. Uh, I'm sorry. He was 41. I had a 13 year old daughter. I'm 42. I have a 12 year old son. He's about to be 13 in a couple of months. And, uh, just the thoughts of those last moments. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to swallow. But for me personally, uh, The reason that I'm I think I've been really impacted by it is because I grew up watching him. We're the same age. Most of us did. And we all remember several years back when he had the incident in Colorado as a young man. And, you know, I don't think he was ever uh, convicted of sexual assault or anything. But still, he embarrassed himself and his wife um, for, you know, publicly cheating on his wife. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes and how he handled that situation at the time. He handled it very poorly. One of the things I always used to hold against Kobe was the fact that when he got caught and he did the TV conference. I remember him saying something like, well, Shaq has paid up to a million dollars of high and extramarital affairs. And I just remember like, man, he breaking the code like you don't do your teammates like that. You don't do your boys like that. But he was a young man who made mistakes. Now. Over time. Look what this man has become. most of us know people who can't admit when they're wrong, or they make mistakes and then they just default to oh well, that's just me, that's just where I come from. He didn't do that. he made mistakes and then became very, very intentional to become a better man, right? He started investing being a better husband, being a better father, started and invested into. Uh, women's sports, giving time back and and giving the game back to people. And so he went from somebody who uh, was public enemy number one amongst some women to where you saw the raw emotion from the UConn players and the UConn coach shedding tears. The girl from Oregon basketball player shedding tears. He was an ambassador for the WNBA. We all saw that that clip on ESPN where, I forget the reporter's name, but she was saying that, you know he's a he's a girl dad, and you know had her in tears about that. So it was very intentional that he he made mistakes. We you know a lot of us we know Christians or we know other people of other religions, and it's like we we supposed to forgive people, and it's it's hard to forgive somebody when they make mistakes and they keep making the same mistakes. You're like man, you don't feel no remorse. Let your actions speak louder than words. But Kobe Bryant, his actions spoke louder than words. After that incident one of the best dads to his girls possible, an ambassador of the WNBA. Who would have thought when that happened that years later that he would be an ambassador for women's sports? Why? How did that happen? Because everything he else did, he did in his life was intentional. He worked his butt off to be a master and craft his game. He also worked his butt off to fix some of the wrongs and improve that what was a weakness in his game which at the time was making bad decisions with another female. And then he went on to uplift females and uplift people of the same demographic that he hurt. Right. I ain't got nothing but respect for that. So when I make mistakes in my life, I've been trying to be very intentional about uh, making that portion of my character better. I made I've made mistakes and I'm going to continue to make mistakes. Uh, We're human. But uh, I I do try to recognize when I make mistakes and I do try to get better. And when you see me a year or two or five years later, that same negative flaw that you saw years before, hopefully you'll see that it's matured and it is no longer a weakness. And so for a man like Kobe Bryant, who didn't have to change, you know, his money could have just continued to just help him uh, elevate above that. He was very intentional. And so man to man, uh, father to father I have nothing but respect for that so salute to you Kobe we're going to sign out with that one thank you for listening to episode 2 of the details of life with Marcus Wilson you can watch this episode on YouTube or you can also go to listen to the podcast on anchor.fm and it'll also give you other links to listen to it on other platforms like Spotify and Google and all that. But at the end of the day, wherever you listen, I just need you to like, subscribe and share. I think we got great content, guys. But where I need your help is to get the word out. And that's where you guys come in So I appreciate your support And just remember This is going to be dropping Every Sunday morning And we got some great guys coming up Some great people coming up Like I said We're we working on trying to get dates With 2 Chains, With Skyler Diggins We already got dates confirmed With NBA trainer Rob Allen We got our Murray State coach uh, Assistant coach Tim, Tim Kane. So got a lot of great people coming up Just want to keep exposing y'all To different people And looking at the details That make them successful Because remember Greatness is in the details Have a great week. We'll see you next time.